You've tuned in to Tracy R's new program, Behind Closed Doors. Please listen to our disclaimer. This program explores all topics relating to sex work. The show is hosted by several sex worker peer hosts, and we pride ourselves on facilitating a comfortable space for sex workers to share their experiences. Behind Closed Doors aims to uncover what the sex industry is really like. We value the varied opinions and experiences of sex workers, and we also appreciate questions and curiosities from the general public. Our program, Behind Closed Doors, exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful that the nature of this program may not be for you and is not suited for little ease. There is also possibility of explicit language used. Hi, I'm your host, Kitty Galore, and I've got my co-host here with me, Dean Lim. Hi, Kitty. Hi, everyone. Today, Dean and I are in the Victorian Parliament, and we're here with crossbencher David Limbrick from the Liberal Democrats Party. Welcome to the show, David. Thanks for having me. David, congratulations on winning your seat last November. We have a series of questions for you, so we can get to know you better and your party as well. What have you learnt about the challenges the government faces in getting bills through the upper house? The government only requires three uh, crossbenchers to get bills through the upper house at the moment. So the, the configuration of the parliament at the moment is a bit different to the last term. So the size of the crossbench is actually quite large now. So there's actually 11 crossbenchers and they're, they're actually the same size as the coalition. To get a majority, the government only needs three crossbenchers. So uh, not too difficult to get legislation through for them at the moment. Yeah, it's quite different to the last term of parliament where they had a lot of things blocked. Yes. So you mentioned that the crossbench is currently very large and it's yes. very diverse. Yes. Some would say it's even like a mixed bag of lollies. Would yes. you agree with such a statement? Well, they have lots of diverse interests. So there's some uh, parties that are elected on that have a primary focus and then there's some like us that have a sort of more general philosophical focus and then there's some that have been there for a long time, you know, like uh, the Greens or Fiona Patton. Mixed bag of lollies, yeah, a bit. But, um, in a good way. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I tend to have a good relationship with all of them and we've developed an understanding of what our interests are and what we care about, what we oppose. And so we're getting a good sense of, of that. And the good thing about my party is we sort of in- agree with everyone on something. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we can cooperate with most people on, on something, yeah. And what has surprised you the most about being an MP in the Upper House? I like discovering new issues that I might not have thought a lot about and then explore more deeply, you know, because if legislation comes up, you want to make sure that you're aware of all of the surrounding impact of that new legislation. So you try and consult with stakeholders who have an interest in it, people who are for it and against it, Mm -hmm. go to meetings and read about it. Sometimes you discover things that you had no idea about. And in fact, I discovered, you know, something about sex work and lots of other things through meeting different people that I wasn't aware about. So, I mean, I've been really surprised by that and that I've started paying a lot more attention to some issues that I might not have paid attention to before I was elected. Yeah. For your party, the Liberal Democrats, it's a libertarian party? Yes. And what does libertarianism mean to you? So... Fundamentally, libertarianism is like a moral view. So we subscribe to something called the harm principle, which means that people should be able to act freely with the condition that they don't hurt other people. And so what that means in a 
political sense is that we're very conscious of consent and voluntary action. So we, we think that if there's consensual action between individuals or groups or between individuals and organisations, that that's really an important foundation for a free society. And where there's coercion, we try and oppose that. And so all of our philosophy and our views on political matters are based around this idea of uh, voluntary action and consent. And because you've got such strong views... I mean, you mentioned before that regarding the, as a crossbencher, mm. the government only needs three crossbenchers or three mm. votes mm. to mm. pass legislation. Mm. That's still pretty important. Yes, and it is. Being a crossbencher with so much power in the upper house, how do you intend to use that power? So I've said when I was elected that we're not going to vote for anything that results in a, a, a decrease in liberty or an increase in taxes. We use that as our like uh, line in the sand, so to speak, and then everything else we try and base our decisions around our philosophy. And then if there's things that we can do to legislation or if there's ways that we can influence or query government, because it's not all just about legislation either, because there's lots of other mechanisms in Parliament. You can ask questions of ministers, in which I've, I've done, I do every sitting week. You can make statements and speeches on issues. So all of that focus, we're trying to get across the idea that government shouldn't be interfering so much in people's lives. And we think that it, it should step back a bit and let people act, act more freely. And David, what does libertarianism have to say about consenting adult sex workers and the choices that they make? Liberal Democrats' policy, we have a, a policy called a victimless crimes policy. And so what that really means is that if there is something that's classified as a crime and yet there's no identifiable victim, we don't, classi- we don't think that that should be a crime. And so sex work falls under, under that umbrella. So as long as it's conducted in a consensual manner between the participants then uh, we have no objection to that transaction taking place. So that's how how we view it. Specifically around sex work, we think that it should be decriminalised and deregulated more in order to enact that ability to have sex workers have those transactions between people. We're having a great chat with David Limbrick in Parliament House in Melbourne, Victoria. You're listening to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital radio. Here's an announcement and Electric Fields, 2000 and whatever. Tune in to the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. Yes, my blood with the eyes of a panther. With your cosmic skin and a celestial dancer. Oh, yes, I know this by now your energy is loud. I've been knocking you directly when I see you in the crowd.
Patton has mm-hmm. branded herself as someone who's all about drugs and sex, having founded the Sex Party, now mm-hmm. renamed the Reason Party. The media sometimes describes her as a libertarian. What do you make of her policies, and do you see eye to eye with her on the controversial issues she supports? We have differences. Clearly, there's a lot of overlap as well. So, we've cooperated many times already on issues like drug law reform, many aspects of that. Uh, we both have a strong interest in that some of her policies that we don't agree with. I think we come at the, our issues from a fairly different angle. Yeah, so we're probably probably a lot more philosophically based on, on coming to a determination on these issues. And she's come at it from an entirely different uh, history and background. But, mm. you know, just as it so happens, a lot of the things that she talks about happen to overlap with mm. what we do. But we have lots of other interests that you know, she might not be so interested in. So, you know, there's a bit of an overlap. But like I said, there's a bit of an overlap between us and pretty much every party one way or another. So, yeah, we're used to dealing with those overlaps, yeah. Uh, David, I've got another question for you. Earlier mm. this year, some sex workers from Sex Work Law Reform Victoria met with you to discuss sex work decriminalisation. Yes. Before that meeting, can you tell us how many sex workers have you met previously to discuss sex industry regulation? Honestly, none. None? No, they were the first. And uh, why do you think that is? Like it wasn't something that I campaigned on. It's always been something that's been part of our party's platform, but obviously you can't campaign on every issue on your platform. Look, it was really enlightening meeting the guys that came. Now, we always talk about unintended consequences with uh, legislation. So when you restrict people's freedom, it results in all these unexpected effects, some of which are really nasty. And I'm very familiar with those in other areas, such as drug law reform and these other areas. What I wasn't so aware of and what they made me aware of was some of the really nasty unintended consequences of the current regulations with regards to sex work. The one that made the biggest impression on me, and I actually brought it up in in Parliament when I spoke about this to the Minister, was the idea that because there is like this grey black market of sex work happening because of overregulation. Sex workers are fearful to go to the police uh, because they'll get into trouble. And that, that sort of enables these predators to, um, you know, lurk 
within the sex worker community and actually they you know some of those had escalated their their crimes and you know some of these large big name crimes that had happened over the last year were actually well known within the sex worker community as problematic individuals that's a pretty pretty heavy uh, unintended consequence which I wasn't aware of to be honest you know that was great that I learned about that we did some research on uh, Labor Party's platform and apparently in their platform last year they I think it was 2018, they talked about, you know, decriminalising sex work as part of their platform. So I asked a question on that, you know, how are you progressing on that? And they got back to me and said they're working on it in the background. So, you know, they haven't been speaking about it much in public. You know, if we can needle them a little bit every now and then, then maybe that will push things along, you know, just say, well, we haven't forgotten about what you said on that and we're really hoping that you'll actually do it. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Tune in to the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. And how informed do you think the rest of the crossbench is about Victoria's sex industry and the way it's currently regulated? So some would have a pretty good understanding of it, I would think. So, you know, Fiona and the Greens probably would have a reasonable uh, understanding of how it goes. The rest of the crossbench, I, I don't know, probably not. Like, you know, the single, some of these smaller single-issue parties, they, it's just not something that they would have probably thought about much or have policies on necessarily so uh, yeah I don't know but what I would say is that a lot of these people my impression is that they want to do the right thing and when they engage with people they take it seriously and they think about the issues maybe they're willing to become informed about this and think about it a bit more if you engage with them so yeah I wouldn't say that they have firm views either way on it they probably just is not something that's popped up on their policy radar. I mean, the Liberal Democrats don't have a lot of faith in the government's ability to regulate society. Mm. Does it surprise you that Victorian sex workers complain about the Victorian government's failed attempts to regulate their industry? Not at all. Not at all. The Sex Work Act is massive. Whenever you get large-scale regulation, the typical thing that happens, and it's probably the same in the sex work industry as well, the typical thing that happens is... Firstly, you create uh, incentives for crime because there's barriers to entry for that for that profession, whatever that profession might be. So the higher you make the barriers to entry, you sort of encourage this black market to exist, which is exactly what's happening in this in the sex work industry. And secondly, you ensure that the ones that legally operate within the industry are the ones that have the the biggest legal and compliance departments, right? So the when you've got more regulations, the players that benefit from that are the players that have the capacity to deal with that regulation. So, you know, they've got lawyers and stuff. Whereas, you know, small individuals, they don't have those capacity. You know, and it's impossible for individuals to comply with lots of things. And when you say that they have a high barrier of entry, you're referring to either private sex workers or um, people who want to run their own brothels? Or yeah, any of, those, any of those types of things because there's... Because you have all sorts of conditions that are very difficult to comply with and some people just go around them. The primary objective of Victoria's Sex Work Act is to seek to control sex work. In New Zealand, which mostly decriminalised 
sex work in 2003, the primary objective of their laws is to promote the welfare and occupational health and safety of sex workers. Mm. What do you make of this difference? Well, it sounds like a, a large difference. It sounds like, you know, New Zealand's laws are actually treating sex workers like workers and not some special class of work, which is what's happening in Victoria, really. I mean, very few classes of work get this sort of heavy regulation like this. Every class of work has some sort of, you know, you would say probably necessary regulations around safety and things like that, but that that's you know, fairly light and normal across every industry. But mm. sex work has this really special legislation that's quite unique to, to the industry in Australia, yeah. Mm. Do you think that all libertarians should support sex work decriminalisation? Yes, absolutely. I mean, it's a... And I, I think they would. Like, I haven't met any that don't, uh, and I can't really think of any justifiable reasons why they would uh, oppose that. The thing is that when you talk about people's beliefs... We like to separate what people support or oppose and what they think should be legal and illegal, right? Lots of people in Australia have this idea that something they don't like should be illegal and something that they, everything that they like should be free or something like that. So I'd like to sort of break that nexus. So, you know, should would most libertarians support decriminalisation of sex work? I'd say yes. Um, would they like the fact that sex work exists? Maybe yes, maybe no. I don't, you know, that depends on an individual's personal uh, preferences and, and likes and whatever. That's a really good point. Can you talk a little bit about decriminalisation? And if decriminalisation were to take place among sex workers, can you talk a little bit more about the legal aspect of it? There would still be laws that govern sex work. Well, I don't think those laws would have to be much different to any other type of business that you have so just a normal you know any normal services business they have laws around you know trade practices and all that sort of thing and if you're a employer you have to employ people and provide them with certain benefits and things like that just like any other type of work so you know it should should be just like any other type of work in my view so david can we talk about nudity for a moment mm. <laughs> <laughs> in Victoria, sex work regulations forbid private escorts from showing nipples or genitals in online advertisements. Breaching this no-nipple regulation attracts a fine of over $6,000. As a libertarian, what do you make of this? Well, I'm glad they've done that because no one could find any nipples on the internet, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> In Victoria, sex work regulations also forbid private escorts from describing their services in online advertisements, so breaches attract the same amount in fines. As a libertarian, what are your thoughts on this matter? They should be able to advertise their services. It doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. Like if if you're thinking about you know protecting consumers, consumers want to know what the service is before they pay the money. So it makes sense that you're able to describe the service. So I don't even understand why you're not allowed to describe the service. Or what's the rationale behind that? It doesn't really make much sense to me. No, it doesn't make sense at all to any, yeah. anyone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Another Victorian sex work legislation forbids licensed brothels from having more than six rooms available for sexual services. More than six rooms constitutes a breach of the Planning and Environment Act. As a libertarian, any opinions on this? Yeah, well, I mean, that's just an artificial restriction to make sure that businesses don't get beyond a certain size. It's not, 
it's like they're trying to restrict a business's success to me. Clearly, there has to be some sort of, you know, local community maybe controls or whatever, but it's not, you know, six rooms seems pretty arbitrary, doesn't it? It's, yeah. Mm. And finally, David, how have you changed as a person through being in politics? I've gotten a lot more interests in a lot more areas that I never, never had before. I think the thing that I like the most is getting to talk to so many different people. Like, I love going out and meeting all different stakeholder groups and community groups and things like that and listening to their concerns. And I get to take part in lots of activities and things that experiences that I never would have had the chance to previously and I think it's been a good effect like I get to really understand what's going on in the community I think as you know as best as I can see yeah well that's all the questions that we have for today thank you so much for your time David it's good to have more crossbenchers support sex workers thanks for having me thanks to David Limbrick for allowing us to interview him at Parliament House in Melbourne Victoria At Behind Closed Doors, we were able to meet with David through the help and support of another organisation called Sex Work Law Reform Victoria. This is a peer-led group that works very hard behind the scenes for the full decriminalisation of sex work laws in Victoria. Even though David is new to the Victorian Parliament, he has used parliamentary privilege to call out banks, especially NAB, the National Australia Bank, for their conduct in relation to sex work. Have a listen to this. I rise to point out the disgraceful discrimination by some banks towards sex workers. A number of banks and financial entities refuse to provide services to anyone involved in sex work, even someone who, for example, works part-time selling adult products. There have been cases recently where sex workers have received a letter from the bank notifying them they need to look elsewhere for banking services as their accounts will be closed. I condemn these policies which effectively amount to corporate slut-shaming. It's amazing to think that people in the banking industry think they have any moral high ground in this regard. I'm reliably informed by good people that the absolute worst hypocrites are NAB, who simultaneously claim all kinds of virtues in their human rights, diversity and inclusion policies while treating sex workers like lesser human beings. I'll continue to publicly shame NAB until they change this disgraceful policy. On the 2nd of October, David actually tweeted about this. After me raising the issue of dealing with sex workers a few weeks ago, NAB have clarified their position. At least we have some transparency on where they stand. It's possible individuals were being erroneously cancelled. So this is their public statement from NAB, and they stated, We absolutely do provide banking services to sex workers as individuals and have no plans to change this policy. However, NAB no longer banks brothels and escort agencies due to different laws and licensing requirements across states and territories. This is a risk-based decision we have made to ensure we meet legislative requirements under the anti-money laundering and modern slavery laws. We encourage customers who work in the sex industry to contact us for more information. And then David actually replied to them, It's already legal, but heavily restricted in Victoria, but illegal in some other states. Decrim across the board is best. This raises the issue that banks and other organisations can lawfully discriminate against sex workers in Victoria because of occupation, trade or calling, and it is not a protected attribute in Victoria's anti-discrimination laws. Supporters of sex work decriminalisation also call for anti-discrimination protections for sex workers. So what does this all mean? 
it means that banks can and often do discriminate against entire industries and types of businesses. When we read the NAB's policy, we can see the banks make a very clear distinction between individual self-employed sex workers and large businesses. In fact, their policies towards these two groups differ. Banks choose whether to engage with a particular industry based on various factors such as potential reputational damage, risk, regulatory requirements and more. You've been listening to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital. I'm Dean and we are back next Thursday, 6pm, for more diverse voices from the sex worker community. Follow us on social media. On Twitter, our handle is at 3CRBCD. Really easy. If you want to send us an email, you can, bcd3cr at gmail.com. Coming up is the Radioactive Show. Before we go, here is Sex Laws by Beck. Breathe in and out. You're listening to 3CR. Hi, my name is David Limbrick. I'm a Victorian Member of Parliament for the Liberal Democrats, and you're listening to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM.
Tune in to the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. The only way that we can have a safe world is understanding each other in our difference, limiting the economic disparities between peoples of the world, and not saying that some people deserve dignity and respect and others don't. They're the pathways to safety and security, and we need to have the courage to say we have to continue to have those complex dialogues about how we move forward so that the values of diversity and inclusivity are in everybody's hearts and maybe even the hearts of politicians. 3CR celebrating diversity since 1976, 855 on your AM dial.